Hello and welcome to this week's podcast version of Scripps 5 Must Know Things. This episode for the Business Week ended 20th May 2022. This is Ian Haydock. On the agenda this time, a US setback for UCB, Lilly challenges Novo's GLP franchise, CGen searches for a new CEO after scandal, Hungary hopes for US PD1 success, and a look ahead at ASCO. UCB's hopes of launching Bimselks in the US this year have been scuppered again by regulators across the Atlantic, who have rejected the potential blockbuster for inflammatory diseases, citing facility inspection issues. Kevin Grogan writes that Bimselks comfortably secured approval for psoriasis in the EU and the UK in August last year, but the regulatory road has been rocky in the US. In October 2021, the FDA said it was unable to complete a review of the biologics license application for the IL-17A and IL-17F inhibitor until on-site inspections of the European manufacturing facilities for the drug were carried out. Those inspections have been completed, but the agency has now stunned UCB with a complete response letter which states that certain pre-approval inspection observations must be resolved before approval of the application. The company said it was cooperating with the FDA and is working to address these observations as expeditiously as possible. The CRL, which is related to one of the two Belgian manufacturing facilities used to produce Bilmzelts, has come as a shock. In an interview earlier this year with Scrip, UCB's immunology chief and head of US operations, Emmanuel Kaime, stressed that the agency had cited only COVID-19-related travel restrictions as the reason for the original deferral and that there were no safety or efficacy issues. On UCB's full-year 2021 call in February, Kaime stated, All of this needs to be wrapped up now, but we are confident about a launch in the near term. We are ready in the US. We are ready with our bridge programs, with our access, and of course we have a sales force that is already deployed with Simsia. The TNF blocker is approved for psoriasis, psoriatic arthritis, ankylosing spondylitis, and non-radiographic axial spondyloarthritis, as well as for Crohn's disease and rheumatoid arthritis. The CRL has thrown the firm's Bilmzelk's launch plans up in the air, and while UCB has put no timeline out, analysts have weighed in. Peter Welford at Jefferies said in a 13th May note that it was reasonable to assume these could take up to six months, suggesting an approval is unlikely now until the first half of 2023 at the earliest. Eli Lilly has pledged revenue growth going forward from selling greater volumes of its drugs rather than from raising the prices of its products. Winning US FDA approval on 13th May for diabetes drug Munjaro is a major milestone in that strategy. Manji Jackson writes that the FDA approved the GLP-1 GIP agonist to improve blood sugar control in adults with type 2 diabetes as an addition to diet and exercise. The agency noted Munjaro's ability to both lower blood sugar and induce weight loss in clinical trials with better efficacy than placebo, insulin and Novo Nordisk's competing GLP-1 agonist Ozempic. The FDA also highlighted Munjaro's side effects, which include nausea, vomiting and diarrhoea. The drug causes thyroid C-cell tumours in rats, but it is unknown whether it causes medullary thyroid cancer and other tumours in humans. Both Munjaro and Ozempic are once-weekly injectable therapies, 
as is Lilly's GLP-1 agonist Trulisti, which generated $6.47 billion in full-year 2021 sales. Novo's blockbuster semaglutide franchise also includes the oral formulation Ribelsis and a version approved in the US as Wagovi to treat diabetes. Ozempic sales totaled $4.7 billion in 2021. Mizuho securities analyst Vamil Divan forecasts Moonjaro sales of $14 billion by 2030. In terms of its competitive profile, Lilly recently reported significant weight loss among non-diabetic adult patients treated with terzabatide, which is Munjaro, for obesity in the Phase 3 Surmount 1 clinical trial, which appears to be superior to Wagovi's trial results. Lilly plans to discuss a potential earlier-than-planned submission for the drug as an obesity treatment with the FDA. Munjaro's approval in diabetes ups the ante in the GLP-1 agonist market rivalry between Lilly and Novo. Lilly's strategy includes multiple indications for terzapatide beyond diabetes and obesity, including heart disease and non-alcoholic steatohepatitis, as well as bringing the GLP-1 GIP agonist and other incretin agonists to diabetic patients earlier in the treatment of their disease. Our focus is going to be growing the GLP-1 class as well as growing our share of market in the class, Senior Vice President and President of Lilly Diabetes Mike Mason said during the company's first quarter earnings call on 28th April. CGen is looking for a new CEO for the first time in more than 20 years, just as its multi-product expansion strategy is gaining momentum. The company announced the resignation of longtime CEO and co-founder Clay Siegel on 16th May after a sudden leave of absence following domestic abuse allegations. While the investigation continues, the board and Dr. Siegel agreed it is in the best interests of CGen and its stakeholders for him to resign at this time, the company said. Siegel co-founded the company as an antibody drug conjugate specialist in 1998 led the company through its first US FDA approval in 2011 and more recently as it expanded its portfolio to multiple commercial assets. Jessica Mel writes that Chief Medical Officer Roger Dancy has stepped in as interim CEO until a successor is named after CGen announced Siegel would be taking a leave of absence on 9th May. Dancy previously worked as therapeutic area head for late-stage oncology at Merck & Co., where he led the registration of Keytruda across multiple tumour types, and lead independent director Felix Baker has assumed the role of chairman at CGen. The leadership shakeup at CGen, which was formerly known as Seattle Genetics, comes during a growth surge for the company, which has recently gone from commercialising a single asset, Adcetris, for more than a decade, to a multi-product portfolio with four commercial assets. CGen launched two new drugs in the US in 2020, including PADCEF for advanced or metastatic urothelial cancer with partner Astellas. The other, the Kaiser, is indicated for advanced or metastatic HER2-positive breast cancer. A fourth drug, Tivdac, which is partnered with Genmab, won FDA approval for second-line or later recurrent or metastatic cervical cancer in 2021. A new CEO will be tasked with building those new brands into successful commercial franchises, including through indication expansion and geographic expansion, as well as bringing CGen into consistent profitability. The company's revenues grew 38% in 2021 to $1.6 billion, 
but the firm also reported a net loss of $674.5 million for the year. Seagen is facing increased commercial headwinds this year for Takaisa after AstraZeneca and Daiichi Sankyo's breast cancer drug NHER2 gained a new indication in an earlier setting. Second-line HER2-positive breast cancer, where it's poised to become the standard of care and can be used ahead of the CGEN drug. Major Chinese pharma company Jiangsu Hungry Medicine is set to fire the starter pistol for its anti-PD-1 antibody, Camrelizumab, potentially cracking open the US market. Dexian reports that the Shanghai-listed firm staked its claim for a place in the ranks of Chinese-made innovative drugs going abroad, announcing on 12th May positive outcomes from a multi-regional phase 3 trial with the drug in combination with the VEGFR2 inhibitor, Rivoserenib, also known as Apatinib, for the first-line treatment of hepatocellular carcinoma. The US firm Elevar Therapeutics holds the rights to Rivoserenib globally, except in Greater China. In the 543 patient study, the combo met the co-primary endpoints of progression-free survival and overall survival, showing significant superiority over the multi-target kinase inhibitor sorafenib, which is Bayer's Nexafar, Hungroy said, without disclosing detailed data. Management now plans to communicate soon with the US FDA for regulatory discussions, the Chinese company added noting that a biologics license application for the indication had already been accepted by the drug authorities in China. Hungroy's global ambitions for Camrelizumab come on the heels of a rash of US FDA refusals to new drug applications filed by Chinese biotechs due to what was seen as inadequate data. Among these, Innovent Biologics and Hutchmed were asked to provide multi-regional clinical data, including from US sites, for the anti-PD-1 antibody Sintilimab and multi-kinase inhibitor Surafatinib, respectively. In contrast, Hengroy's pivotal study of its PD-1 combo enrolled patients from sites in the US, Europe and China since its start in June 2019. As such, it is expected to meet FDA requirements for a multi-regional trial, noted analysts from China Securities in a 12th May note. Moreover, Hengroy has conducted multiple rounds of discussions with the US agency throughout the development process, they noted. Similarly, Beijing, which is Hengroy's arch-rival in the immuno-oncology space, has been investigating its anti-PD-1 antibody, Tislelizumab, in a global phase 3 study in the same setting as Camrelizumab. Beijing is expected to release the data readout from its 674-patient trial conducted at sites in the US, Japan, Europe and China sometime this year, the biotech said in its first quarter earnings report on 5th May. To date, Camrelizumab has emerged as Hungroy's first and only innovative pipeline asset to stand a good chance of a successful US NDA. The company intends to expand worldwide with some things that we are good at and are worth realising their value in the international market, Piao Yangsun, its long-serving chairman, said last December but he did acknowledge a gap with international competitors in Hungroy's drug development that remains to be closed. Finally, ahead of the American Society of Clinical Oncology meeting in early June, analysts at BiomedTracker have highlighted selected high-impact late-breaking abstracts that are due to be presented, including therapies from AbbVie, Gilead Sciences, Pfizer, Takeda, 
Amgen, AstraZeneca and Daiichi Sankyo. Alex Shimmings writes that AbbVie will present the first results for the SHINE study looking at its BTK inhibitor Imbrivica in mantle cell lymphoma at a late-breaking clinical trial session on 3rd June. Following its approval for relapsed refractory MCL patients, Imbrivica is being investigated in SHINE in the first-line setting in older patients in combination with bendamustine rituximab, a regimen typically reserved for such patients due to its milder toxicity profile. AbbVie will be presenting primary results from the trial, which will give an indication whether the addition of the BTK inhibitor offers an efficacy boost to the BR regimen. Answers to the questions over the clinical benefits seen with Gilead Sciences' Trudelphi in the Tropics O2 study could be forthcoming on 4th of June when Gilead presents the full data at a late-breaking session. In March, public statements by the company and a lack of details about progression-free survival and overall survival results, given when it announced that the trial had met its primary endpoint in third-line HR-positive HER2-negative metastatic breast cancer, raised uncertainty about whether they would be enough to drive commercial adoption. Also being presented on 4th June are updated results from the Paloma 2 study with Pfizer's CDK4-6 inhibitor, Ibrantz for breast cancer. Real-world data demonstrate an OS benefit in newly diagnosed HR plus HER2-negative breast cancer patients treated with Ibrantz in combination with an aromatase inhibitor as compared with an aromatase inhibitor alone. The article also contains further highlights of the sessions which are due to be presented at ASCO, so do please take a look at that for more information. That's all for this time. Many thanks for listening. Log in to Script to access these stories in full, which are also linked in the article accompanying this podcast, and to see all of our much more extensive content. If you don't subscribe, consider taking a free trial to see what you're missing. Bye for now.